Join with me for the next few minutes while I share with you a series of thumbnail truths that the Lord has laid in my heart to leave with you in these strange and difficult times. My thumbnail this afternoon is taken from Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. The Word of God says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And I've been thinking this week of our missionaries at home and abroad. Many, of course, at this time due to COVID-19 have been furloughed. Some are still in the field and they're labouring there in very difficult and trying circumstances. And as I've been thinking about them, I've been asking myself, well, what is involved in missionary work? Whether it's mission work here in the home mission field or in the foreign field. And of course, the very same principles that apply to the home mission field and the foreign field also apply to the regular ministry of the Word of God. And as I have been thinking of Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6, I have thought of six things, six things that's involved in missionary work. First of all, there's a ascending here, he that goeth forth. And the thought is that the individual doesn't go forth of themselves. They go forth because they have been sent, because they've been commissioned to go. Remember the Lord Jesus taught his followers to pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest field. Missionaries don't go forth of themselves. They go forth at the call of God. And that's true not only of the foreign field, but of the home field. It's also true of those who are involved in the regular ministry of the word of God. I'm commanded to preach the word. I'm also very conscious that the Apostle Paul asked the question in Romans 10, um, how shall they hear without a preacher? And then he asked a subsequent question, how shall they preach except to be sent? And you see, the only thing that will sustain us in the work of God is the call of God. And there'll be times when we question, why am I here and what am I doing? And it's only the conscious reality that we've been sent forth to go in the Master's name, that that will be the real sustaining factor that keeps and helps us to maintain our vigilance in reference to the work of God. So there is a sending, but there's also a sowing. The scripture says in the verse 5 of this psalm, they that sow. Now what do they sow? Think of the parable of the sower. The Lord Jesus said, the seed is the word of God. That's what they sow. And of course, the Lord Jesus also likened four different types of soil and to represent four different hearts and their heart response to hearing the word of God. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And there was only one type of soil, the good soil, that uh, heard and heeded uh, that uh, precious word. You think of the seed, it's a pure seed, 
Um, the Bible is likened to seed, a pure, unadulterated seed. Remember, God's word is a God-breathed word. It's, uh, the Bible says every word of God is pure. And we thank God for this God-breathed, pure word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the word of mouth of God. And I thank the Lord that we have got an inspired, an inerrant, a clear, a sufficient, pure word uh, to set before men and women. It's also a precious seed, and that's exactly what the psalmist has in mind. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. You see, the word of God is precious seed, and that's a whole sermon in itself. But it's also a powerful seed. Do you know that the Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? Uh, you see, there's a difference between corruptible seed and incorruptible. Paul talks about, or Peter rather, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, um, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And there's a story told about a, an atheist who died, and he left instruction that his um, grave uh, was to be covered over in four or five inches of concrete. Of course, he didn't believe in the doctrine of the resurrection uh, and he was trying to hinder that. Uh, over time, a little crack appeared in the concrete and over time, a little green shoot appeared. And over time, of course, there was a stalk of corn and a stalk of wheat. Uh, and that's exactly, you see, because th there was a little seed uh, buried in that grave, unknown to the grave digger, unknown to the person who had died. And that little seed, because it was a alive in itself germinated and came up through that little crack in a grander tender shoot and eventually became a stalk of wheat or corn and there's just a little proof that there's power in the word of God to uh, be used by the Holy Spirit to to bring forth uh, the precious gift of faith faith that will unite us savingly unto the Lord Jesus but there's not only a sending forth and a sowing but there's a sobbing they that sow in tears. You see, missionary work, whether in the home front or in the foreign field, is hard work. And there's times of difficulty. And there's times uh, when, when it's hard. And um, that is true, of course, of ministerial work as well. It's certainly not an easy work. Whenever David Livingston was asked for his autobiography, sitting in his tent in the heart of Africa, this was his reply to the person who asked him the question, Tell them I was God's plotter. You see, he plotted through the muck and the mire. There's a story told about a young Salvation Army cadet who was just fresh out of the Salvation Army school and sent out into the forefront of home missionary work. And he found it very hard and difficult. People didn't want to hear. And isn't that true that people don't want to hear today, even among family and friends, certainly among neighbours, certainly among strangers, there's a famine abroad of hearing the word of God. We know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But many people have shut up their ears and they don't want to hear. It, it again represented in the parable of the sower. Um, there's many, many careless hearers today and the, the devil comes and snatches away the word of God from their hearing. But, but this young man was greatly troubled and he sent word to General Booth and he was asking for help. Well, you know what General Booth instructed him to do? And it was this, two words, try tears. They that sow in tears. There's a sending, there's a sowing, but there's also a sobbing. Could I tell you something else? There's also a supplicating. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Think of that word, weepeth, because it speaks to me of prayer. Remember, the psalmist said, 
uh, but for my love they are my adversaries but I gave myself to prayer because he loved the Lord his God because he loved the Lord Jesus Christ because he loved the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ because he was faithful to the blood in the book many had become his own personal adversaries and what did he do in that situation he gave himself to prayer we read of course of the Lord Jesus weeping he wept at the grave of Lazarus. He wept over the state and condition of Jerusalem. But he also wept strong tears and crying unto God in prayer with supplication. And of course, we believe in the power of prayer. Um, Andrew Murray said, the great revivalist in South Africa, no prayer, no blessing. Little prayer, little blessing. Much prayer, much blessing. And I was questioned this week by one of my own members who complained that they were not on fire of God. And I confess that I felt exactly the same thing. What does it mean to be in fire of God? It means partly, of course, the answer is that you're giving yourself to prayer. And of course, that starts with a desire and that desire is created by the Holy Spirit. And once we have that desire, then we have to make the decision to go to prayer. And remember the Lord Jesus said, When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and shut thy door, and pray to thy Father in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And there is such a thing as secret prayer, private prayer, getting alone with God and pouring out our heart to him. It starts with a desire, but it leads to a decision. It leads to discipline. There's going to be a battle. Oftentimes we've got to drag ourselves to the place of prayer. The devil will oppose us. Our own inward remaining corruption and sin will certainly not want us to pray to God. And of course the world. The world, this anti-God world, doesn't want us to pray and cry unto God. But there's also a delight in prayer. Because the psalmist prayed, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. And you see, the ears of God are open unto the cries of his people. And our prayers ascend into heaven. And they're precious in his sight. So, so in relation to missionary work, there is ascending. There is a, 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 indeed a, a sowing. There is a sobbing, but there's also a supplicating. But could I tell you as well, there's a singing shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You, you think uh, the testimony is, this is what the Lord has done. The Lord has not only sent me, but the Lord is with me. The Lord has come and worked alongside me. The Lord has used me for his glory. The Lord has done great things in this psalm. The psalmist said, for us, for all we are glad. And you see, salvation is of the Lord. And we rejoice what in what the Lord has done. We don't rejoice in ourselves, in our own strength or power. We haven't converted any soul by our own power or ability. Um, remember, the Lord says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And when we cry to God to send forth the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to work, and the Holy Spirit converts a precious soul, then indeed there's singing. There's not only rejoicing in the, the soul of the laborer, but there's also rejoicing in the very presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. That's what the Lord Jesus said in, in the power of the lost sheep. So, so there is a singing. We rejoice in what the Lord has done. We rejoice in the Lord, not in our circumstances, not in the situation, but we rejoice in the Lord. There's also a showing. It says lastly in this text, bringing his sheaves with him. And you think of that. It was great Samuel Rutherford that said that his heaven would be two heavens if one soul from Anworth would meet him there. There's a little story told about George Whitfield and George Wesley. George Wesley, uh, Jordan Wesley was asked on one occasion, will you see Whitfield in heaven? 
Uh, and his answer was no. Uh, and of course, the, the uh, inquirer smirked because uh, they, they were of the Arminian school and they felt that, that George Whitfield uh, w- would never be in heaven because he, he was a Bible-believing Calvinistic preacher. But you know what John Wesley added? He'll be that near to the throne of God that I actually won't see him there. You see, let's remember there is a joy in seeing souls converted and won to Christ. There's a joy and assurance of knowing that we're on the road to heaven and the road to home. The psalmist said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And what a wonderful assurance to have that one day that we will be in heaven. What a wonderful thing it is to point other souls to the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And and you think of the scripture that says, He that winneth souls is wise. And for those that seek to win, souls. We see them as, uh, as precious stalks of corn uh, grouped together and, and it's bringing his sheaves with him. Lay him at the master's feet, presenting, Lord, here's what I've done with my time. Here's what I've done with my talent. Here you are, Lord. I, I have uh, wrought this in your name and this is for your glory. So what's involved in missionary work? There's a precious sending. Yes, there's a precious sowing. Yes, there's a precious sobbing. A precious supplicating. There, yes, there is indeed a, a, a very um, uh, precious um, uh, singing uh, before the Lord, but there's also a very precious showing. Um, will there be any sheaves that you present to the Lord? We put it another way, if I change the analogy, will there be any stars in your crown? I, I urge you to think about precious souls today. And for those that labour to win souls in the Master's name, And I urge you to pray for the work of God. Pray for me and pray for the work of God right across this country. And let's see God usher in a mighty awakening by his Holy Spirit and many souls repenting and getting right with God to the glory and praise of his name. Thank you for listening this afternoon. God bless. Mm -hmm.